This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pittman. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Want to air it out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. Isaiah Rogers on the return. Gets off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Jonathan Taylor. Here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm J.J. Stankovitz, joined every week by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks. Today, we are breaking down the Colts' 24-17 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 12 on Monday Night Football. Bill, another game. The Colts have lost now three in a row at home. Um, Talking to players after the game, a lot of disappointment that they were not able to put on their best effort, their best show on Monday Night Football uh, in front of a, a really good crowd last night at Lucas Oil Stadium. But, Bill, this game it kind of feels like if you're starting to define it, it's one of those you know football cliches of, oh, it's a tale of two halves. And the Colts in the first half come out, and uh, they're, they're not able to move the ball. They, they go down 16-3 to at halftime. Chase McLaughlin's kick is blocked on the final play of the first half. Uh, just a, a pretty ugly first half. And, Bill, I know we've talked about it a lot this year, but when the Colts get out to these slow starts, it really does lower their margin for error throughout the rest of the game to a point where you kind of have to play a perfect second half to win. Yeah, it makes it very difficult to win football games when you get off to a slow start. And the Colts did that this past game against the Steelers when in your first three possessions you only have eight plays. Yeah, It's very difficult to uh, – eat the clock, move the ball down the field, gain yards, um, score points. It makes it very difficult. And then from the first half, just in general, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers had the ball 21 minutes and 58 seconds, and the Colts only had it 8 minutes and 2 seconds. So very difficult to uh, control the clock, very difficult to control uh, what you're doing out there when you're not having an opportunity to have the ball, not having an opportunity to make first downs. You're 1-5 on third downs. In the first half, not good at all. Um, very difficult turning the ball over as well. Uh, those things make it very difficult to win football games, uh, dominate the game like you want to dominate the game, uh, take control of the game and actually control the line of scrimmage and do the things that you really, really want to do in order to win football games. And uh, Colts just got off to a slow start, and I think you know that, that was a big part of um, the results of the game. Um, on Monday night. Yeah, you look at just some of the differences in the first half, Bill. The Colts averaged 3.2 yards per play. Pittsburgh averaged 5.4 yards per play. The Colts had four total first downs in the first half. Pittsburgh had 16. Kenny Pickett in the first half goes 14 of 18 for 133 yards. He also scrambles five times for 34 yards. Kenny Pickett's a good player, by the way. Steelers, I was impressed by him. Um, You know, Steelers look like they got a, a pretty decent young quarterback there, but you know, the Colts just, again, they're not able to get into a flow offensively. And it it just shows that, again, when you go into halftime and you're down by 13, you kind of have to play a perfect second half. And the Colts definitely were better in the second half, Bill. Um, you know, their yards per play average goes up to 5.3. Pittsburgh's goes down to 4.4. The Colts get 14 first downs in the first half. Pittsburgh gets five. But, again, it, if you need to play a perfect second half to win – the Colts did not do that. They, Jonathan Taylor is that fumble at the one-yard line um, after a couple of penalties give the Colts some new life there. The, the defense 
plays well in the second half, but then gives up that one scoring drive, uh, you know, that, that ends in the touchdown that Pittsburgh goes and they take the lead. They get a seven point lead on the two point conversion. And again, it, w- we've talked about it all year, Bill. So we're going to sound like a broken record, but that margin for error, when, when you put yourself in these positions and that margin for error is really small and one or two things go wrong, this is the result you get. Well, and that's what we were talking about earlier. When you start off slow, um, then your margin for error <laughs> shrinks quite a bit. And then so that means you, you have to play almost a perfect game the rest of the game. And that's very difficult to do in the National Football League. Uh, very difficult to play a perfect game. There are going to be mistakes. Um, you are going to make mistakes uh, throughout the game. So when you start off slow and then you, you're trying to catch up, and you do catch up, and you actually take a lead, but then you still have to finish out that second half, and the Colts didn't finish out that second half, and it makes it very difficult. Had turnovers again. Um, the mesh between Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor, the ball comes mm-hmm. out, they recover it, they get the ball back, and you don't score points right there. So it makes it very difficult, and um, you, you're always, always, always climbing up a hill uh, when you start off very slow. And then you get down to that last possession, and – you know, things are, are going okay. You get the completion to Michael Pittman Jr. Um, you know, y- you move the ball into Steelers' territory pretty quickly. But, you know, then the the sack fumble that Matt Ryan, you know, loses seven yards. Fries recovers. Right. And then and then Ryan, he picks up 14 on a scramble. Um, and, and the so there's a lot of discourse about this after the game where Jeff Saturday does not elect to use a timeout after that scramble. So it's it's third and three, but the Colts feel pretty good about the play that, you know, okay, if we get into short yardage, we want to keep the Steelers in their same personnel, and we want to run the ball. So they go hurry up. They run it to Jonathan Taylor. It does not gain any yardage. That then brings a timeout, fourth and three. Um, you know, Bernard Ryman, who had a pretty good game overall, I think we can get into him in a little bit here. He gets pushed back into Matt Ryan by uh, edge rusher Alex Highsmith. Ryan has to flush outside yes. the pocket. Throws that ball up to Paris Campbell. Bill, did, was that? Did you think that rose to the level of pass interference, or was it just sort of one of those uh, balls where you, it's going to be a physical play no matter what? No, I would love for it to have been a pass interference, <laughs> but I, I think it's just one of those physical plays that the guy made a play on the ball, and then Fitzpatrick came over to trying to clean it up. And you know, looking at it, it possibly could have been, you know, uh, roughing the receiver or you know, a legal hit. But it was close, and they didn't make a call um, like that at the end of the game. So uh, I'm not going to put that on the officials. I just think that, you know what, they made a good play, give the Steelers some credit, um, and they broke up the play. And, and that was it for the Colts. You know, it was fourth down, and unfortunately didn't get the first down. Yeah, you know, that the, the third down play, I think this is really where, you know, the, the Colts it, – it, it, this really was defining right here. So it's the third down run with Taylor and Alex Highsmith on this play, he just comes flying off the ball. He's keying on Taylor the whole time and just shoots right through uh, right through the gap and tackles Taylor. I mean, and even if even if Highsmith hadn't done that, you know, it, it looked like you would have had a DB right in the hole uh, on Taylor. So just a, a play the Colts felt good about, but were not able to execute to the level that, you know, needed to be done on there to – pick up the first down because you get the first down there you know you, you got the ball right outside the red zone then you call a timeout you got another timeout left and you get a couple shots at the end zone maybe you can play some to the sideline get a little bit closer it makes sense why you would go that way um but 
again, when, when the execution isn't there, then everything starts getting second-guessed. Exactly, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with the play. I think most people know that in that situation, Jeff's probably going to run the ball, wants to run the ball, mm-hmm. I should say. And uh, I don't have any problem with the play call itself, but just as you said, uh, J.J., it's execution. Highsmith comes through and just blows up the play and you know tackles uh, J.T. Uh, there in the backfield. And I, if Highsmith gets blocked, I would like to see J.T. on that yeah, back, one on one, one on one the, back. With the DB. Yeah, my, yeah. I, I like our chances there with that DB. So, uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. Um, you know, they made a good play. Like I say, give the Steelers credit. You know, they, you know, they don't, they don't have, didn't come in here with a great record, um, but they, they're going to play hard. Mike Tomlin has them playing hard every, every play, um, mm-hmm. every game. So, give those guys credit uh, for hanging in there, hanging tough, getting off to a good start. They did and, and holding on. So I want to let's talk just about three positives we saw from specific players in this game, Bill. And I want to start with Bernard Ryman. Um, you know, I know he got he, he had a couple issues on that last drive. Uh, like I mentioned with Highsmith pushing him back, he got beat for a sack uh, as well. But overall, I thought he was pretty good. You know, Alex Highsmith came into this game. He's he's one of the better sack guys in the NFL, and he's got the, like he's got that Dwight Freeney like interior spin move. That's really impressive. This guy's a really good player. I mean, he's got 10 sacks this year, four forced fumbles. Uh, that leads the NFL. And for the most part, Bernard held up against him pretty well. And, you know, while there maybe there were a couple hiccups on that last drive, I think if you're looking at this, Bill, and you're looking at the, the – you're zooming out a little bit outside of this one game, you can see that the arrow is pointing up for Bernard Ryman, that he's making progress. Um, I think he's been really good as a run blocker all year and the the pass protection is starting to go up even if it's not perfect it's it's going in the right direction especially from where it started with his first career start against the Broncos back in week five and I think the key there is what you said about making progress and that's what you look for for a young guy making progress is he making progress each and every start that he gets or each every time he goes out there and plays football is he getting better is he learning is he learning from mistakes he made the previous week and I think he is learning from those mistakes and getting better and getting better. And the more he plays, the more experience he gets, the better he's going to be. He just has to keep on just stacking the games uh, behind him, learning from the games, watching film, listening to the uh, offensive line coach, listening to Jeff, um, being out there listening to Matt Ryan, all those things, taking all that information in and just digesting it, and hopefully each game he gets better. And I think he will get better. I think, you know, earlier in the game I I thought he – did some nice things out there, played well. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, he gave up the sack. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't – no one wants to do that. But he is a young young guy that's playing uh, in the National Football League, and so there's going to be some growing pains. And, you know, if he keeps on progressing, I think we'll see the player that we all think he can be in the National Football League. By the way, uh, take this for what you will, but Bernardo Ryman had the Colts' highest pro football focus offensive grade in this game at 85.3. Braden Smith, by the way, real quick as an aside – he did a great job on T.J. Watt. I didn't really notice T.J. a whole lot in that game, except that his get-off is unbelievable. But I thought the the Colts, especially with how their tackles played and how Matt Ryan played within that, I thought Matt did a really good job stepping up at times where they were you know, routing the, ta- the, the edge guys upfield and Matt was stepping up in the pocket. And then the interior was holding up against a, a guy in Cam Hayward who's a really good player. Very good player. Overall pass protection was pretty good in this game. Um, the Colts still were not able to push the ball downfield as much as I think they would like, but overall, probably a, a, I would call that a solid game for the Colts' offensive line, especially given the caliber of players they were going against. Let's talk about 
another guy on offense, another rookie on offense, another third-round pick on offense who played really well, Jelani Woods. Bill, he comes in in the second half. He has seven catches in the second half. And the Colts clearly identified something in how the Steelers were playing. They're running a lot of two-man, and that meant that the Colts could get Jelani Woods matched up on some linebackers in some advantageous situations. And Jelani out there, he looked fluid coming out of his breaks. He, I mean, he had that run on third and six where he caught yes. it and took off like a gazelle downfield. Th- that was a very, very impressive day for Jelani Woods. Jelani had a nice day. He was targeted nine times, had eight receptions, did a nice job for 98 yards and, you know, averaged about 12 yards a catch. So he did a nice job catching the ball, using his big body there, uh, getting a pass interference down there in the end zone yep. there. Uh, you know, almost could almost had a touchdown there for, for Jelani, but Jelani is a big body. And, you know, what? it makes it very difficult for defensive backs, makes it very difficult for linebackers to try to body him up because he's a big guy that's strong. Um, he also a guy is not a guy that can run uh, fairly well, does a nice job catching the ball. So, you know, he's another young guy that's progressing and, and getting better and learning. You know, he's missed the past couple of games because mm-hmm. of injury, but um, you know, each time he gets out there, he's learning, he's getting better. And I think, you know what, as Bernard Ryman, as long as they, those guys keep on learning from their experiences that they, they get while they're playing football in a game situation, they're only going to get better. If they can continue to do that, Jelani is going to be a big, big target and yep. a big weapon for the Colts moving forward. Yeah, you know, you, if you are kind of zooming out, the, the development that we're seeing from Bernard Ryman that we hopefully will continue to see from Jelani Woods, those are encouraging signs for this yes. team. I, I know not a lot of people want to hear it when the team's 4-7-1, and one, but you know you want to see your rookies make improvements. You want to see them make progress like we were talking about. One other rookie to highlight, Dallas Flowers, Bill. An 89-yard kickoff return to open the second half. I talked to him after the game. He said, you know, he's talking. Bubba Ventrone came up to him and said, "All right, you you have a green light up to a certain distance." Wow! Back in the end zone. Wow! And that kick, he, Dallas said. So the the kickoff comes, and he's thinking it's going to go probably a couple yards up in the end zone, but it carried a little bit further than he thought. So Dallas caught that ball pretty deep in the end zone and said, "I'm still taking it out." Uh, gutsy, big, gutsy. I, I love it though because <laughs> the Isaiah the first half. The Steelers looked like they were a little vulnerable on kickoff coverage. Isaiah Rogers Sr. had a couple decent ones, but uh, for Bubba Ventrone to notice that and then to say to Dallas Flowers, a guy who has not got a whole lot of playing time this year, but he is a fast player who has a lot of experience returning kicks, granted at the D2 level with the Pittsburgh State Gorillas. Uh, <laughs> he, he For him to take that out, and then it, it's so well blocked. Grant Stewart on the left side of the return clears his guy out. EJ Speed on the right side stonewalls his guy. And then that leads uh, Dallas Flowers to basically be one-on-one in the hole with the kicker. And I'm going to take your returner on that play every single time. Dallas then cuts it outside, and he's just gliding downfield. Uh, Colts wind up getting their first touchdown of the game on a short field. He gets it to the 18-yard line. I was talking to Dallas, and I was like, how much satisfaction did you take? from the fact that, you know, you guys got a touchdown after that. And then I kind of paused, and I was like, but I bet you probably wanted to take it in. He's like, yeah, I should have taken that in. But, you know, whatever to help the team, you know, glad JT was able to finish it. But that was a spark. I mean, that that did the spark the, the Colts half. for the yeah. second half. Absolutely. Yes. It was a spark, definitely. And then, you know, Bubba must have seen something out there because, you know what, uh, when I saw Flowers catch the ball that deep in the end zone, I thought, okay, maybe he's just going to take a knee and we mm-hmm. get the ball out the 25-yard line. But – 
he took it out and then when he took it out he came out there like a cannon yeah um like he was shot out of a cannon so he hit hit it hard and as a returner that's what you want you want to have a one-on-one uh with one guy and and hopefully the kicker so you can more than likely you're going to beat the kicker or not get you shouldn't get tackled by the kicker uh if if he doesn't have an angle on you so uh they did a nice job and not just on that one but for the most part the whole game they had over 225 yards on kickoff returns yesterday so that i mean that's a lot and so they did a nice job on their returns and good job for the special teams especially coming back in the second half after the first half you just had missed a field goal a long field goal Mm -hmm. in the in the uh, first half then you come back out you get the ball back and you're going down the field and you uh make a nice run there to start that second half off to get the game get things started and uh on your way back to take the lead in the game just one one final thing to put a wrap on this game um bringing it back down um <laughs> after we had some positives but the the Colts in this game they have they had 27 first downs they averaged 4.4 yards per play on first down 13 of those 27 plays they gained more than four yards which is generally considered an efficient play on first down but the Colts this year I mean that that's right in line with their season average they're averaging 4.5 yards per play on first down that is the second lowest average in the NFL and, and this bill, I think, tells the story of kind of where the Colts are this year. There are seven teams in the NFL that are averaging less than five yards per play on first down. That would be the Arizona Cardinals, the Colts, the New York Giants, the Los Angeles Rams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Denver Broncos. Of those seven teams, one might make the playoffs in the Giants, and even then they're, they're kind of starting to lose a little bit of steam right now. There are eight teams in the league that are averaging six or more yards per play on first down. The Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, the Seattle Seahawks, Baltimore Ravens, Las Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, San Francisco 49ers, and Philadelphia Eagles. So of those, those are probably six playoff teams in there. And, you know, even though the the Raiders and the Falcons are are probably on the outside looking in, those are two pretty decent offenses. Um, I think that kind of tells the story. If you can't win on first down, it's really hard to win in the NFL, and that's, again, what we saw with the Colts today. Yeah, it makes it very difficult to be successful on third down because you're always, you know, it's second and 12 or second, and, you know, you might be second and eight or second and seven, and then you get to third and seven, third and eight. It makes it very difficult to convert those third downs into first downs, and I think, you know, that that is a sign right there. When you can be successful on third down, it helps you sustain drives, and when you sustain drives, you not only wear out the defense on the other side of the ball, but also, hopefully, you get down there and you score some touchdowns, get some positive plays in the red zone. And when you're only three for twelve on third down, that makes it very difficult to <laughs> sustain mm-hmm. drives. And the Colts were three for twelve on third down yesterday. So, I think it's something that they need to look at, and that's something that they need to hone in on, especially first and second down, and as well, of course, third down, and making those plays to keep the offense on the field and give your defense an opportunity to rest and so they can be energized and come out and play effective and efficient uh, defense against your opponent. All right, before we get out of here, Bill, I do want to ask you, when you've been in a season like this where Oof. you're <laughs> yeah, Oof. where you're you're in week 12 and it is not going the way you thought it would and you know, you're at 4-7 and 1, it basically the Colts have to win out to make the playoffs. Let's be realistic here. Um and like what what is the mentality of this team need to be over the final now five games of this season to I mean regardless of what what could happen in the playoff picture but just to kind of keep this thing afloat over the final five games what what is the mentality this team need to be 
Well, your mentality needs to be as soon as you get into the office uh, the next day or whenever you get back into the building, um, it's about that day. Let's win that day. Let's do the things we need to do to get better on that day. Okay, let's watch film and see where we made mistakes. Let's improve on those mistakes that we made during the game on Monday night. And the next practice, let's be efficient out there. Can't look at the can't look down the road and say we have X amount of games remaining on our schedule. We need to win the rest of the games on our schedule. We're playing this team, so we gotta you know we gotta play uh, maybe a little bit better than what we normally play. You know we gotta do this, we gotta do this because each game. It's just about taking care of that day, and you know the old adage is take care of the little things. The big things will take care of themselves, and I think that's what they have to do going in. The mentality they have to have coming into the building today. Let's take care of the little things. Let's correct the mistakes we made. Let's be more efficient. Let's try to cut back on mistakes we make and go out there and play some football. And you know what? You're a professional. You're going to give everything you have each and every day out there. you got to play your hardest. And that because this is the legacy you want to leave behind. You don't want to say, oh, well, this guy has gave up because, you know, things weren't going his way. You don't want to be so-called a front runner. You want to go out Mm -hmm. there, play hard, uh, practice hard, and play hard, and give everything you have on each and every game. All right, well, that is going to do it for us here on this episode of Colts Instant Reaction. Coming up on the Colts Audio Network this week, Colts Roundtable Live with Jeff Saturday. That will be out later on Tuesday for your enjoying, your listening pleasure, excuse me. On Wednesday, we're going to push back the Colts official podcast. That'll be with myself, Matt Taylor, and Lara Overton. Inside Football with Rick Venturi will also come out on Wednesday with blueprints to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Know your foe. With a writer who covers the Dallas Cowboys, that'll be with Bill Brooks and Casey Vallier on Thursday. On Friday, Colts happy hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And then next Monday morning, no sleep this season, Bill. We'll have another episode of Colts Instant Reaction. I don't think we're doing that one at 4 o'clock in the morning or whenever I get back from Dallas. No, I don't think so. Yeah. A little little late, early, whatever you want to call it, so... For you know, as well. we'll we'll just we'll sleep when uh, when this well I guess when the season ends there will be a full coaching search uh, to identify who the next head coach of the team. We'll sleep after the NFL draft. Let's call that. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network for Bill Brooks. I'm JJ Stankovitz. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.